New Caledonia's pro-independence FLNKS movement and five other small nationalist parties have agreed that they will only discuss the territory's accession to full sovereignty in talks planned with France. A joint position was adopted at the weekend at the Congress of the FLNKS and then a meeting involving other pro-independence parties, their first since last December's independence referendum. RNZ Pacific senior journalist Walter Zweifel has been following developments. Kira Walter, so this is the most significant positioning we've seen from the pro-independence groups as a whole since the last referendum, is that right? Yeah, well, the FLNKS, which is the umbrella group of the pro-independence parties, had its first Congress since the referendum and also the first Congress since the election of uh, Emmanuel Macron last month. Uh, this meeting was held on Saturday, followed by a meeting with other pro-independence or nationalist parties at which they broadly agreed that they will have a common stance in the way forward in dealing with France. And the key point here is that this pro-independence movement will only discuss with France a way to attain full sovereignty. Now, this is, of course, significant because the referendum in December showed a clear majority, that is 96% of those who voted were against independence. Uh, The FLNKS and other pro-independence parties have said they considered the referendum outcome as illegitimate, not representative of the wishes of the Caledonian people, and they would not recognize the outcome. Uh, The Congress meeting restated that any talks with France will, however, have to be about how to obtain this sovereignty. And by sovereignty, that is the question of attaining full rights in terms of uh, powers uh, related to justice, defence, policing, monetary policy and foreign affairs, which is still under control of France. Now, now on the on the other side of the fence, the anti-independence groups uh, are doing a similar sort of corralling of support and, and, and closing ranks uh, in this whole debate. Yeah, of course. I mean, from their point of view, uh, the referendum outcome was clear. Uh, It cannot be contested, it was legitimate, there was no cheating, no ballot box stuffing, anything. Uh, They consider that to be the legally correct outcome of the option that was put to the voters in New Caledonia. They voted against independence for a third time. From their point of view, uh, this whole decolonization process has run its course and they consider that the next step is to find a way of how can you integrate New Caledonia back into the larger framework of France. And and this is all happening as um, we see the re-election of, of Macron. We're still one more, one more step in that process to go, but how does that relate and tie into all of this, Walter? Well, there is still the parliamentary election in France or the election of a national assembly next month. Uh, that will then yield a new government, most likely. Uh, there is every chance that uh, the Renaissance Party, as the Macron Party has now been renamed, uh, will retain a majority. Uh, there is some suggestion that the left may come back and uh, that there will be some sort of cohabitation between Macron and a left-leaning government. But, uh, you know, no one knows how it's going to end. But in all probability, there's going to be a continuation of uh, French policies towards New Caledonia. And uh, uh, the, the outcome of this referendum is still the only legal basis for any way forward. 
politically, of course, the question is difficult how it can be reconciled with the stance taken by the pro-independent side, which simply refuses to recognize this outcome. The pro-independent side has said it will raise this with the Pacific Islands Forum, raising at the United Nations, getting the support of the United Nations in their view that this was not a legitimate process to determine the wishes of the new Caledonian people and that the decolonization process launched in 1986 when New Caledonia was reinscribed on this UN list, that this process has not been completed. Now, now the next step for New Caledonia after the three referendums is is already being prepared and sort of drafted in, in the in the background to all of this, isn't it? Well, immediately after the referendum back in December, the then overseas minister, uh, Sebastian Lukonu, uh, put forward a concept that there would be a so-called fourth referendum in June next year, at which the voters in New Caledonia would be asked to decide if they wanted to accept the new yet-to-be-agreed statute for New Caledonia. Uh, there is also call on public, uh, on civil society to come up with ideas of how they would like to see the future New Caledonia to be shaped within this context of France. Uh, so far, nothing has come to the fore yet. Uh, things have been, of course, held up a by the pro-independent side saying they will not enter any discussion whatsoever until this election in France is through. The, the same side also saying that they were not going to entertain any idea of giving away anything that had been attained in this decolonization process. So for them, it's not a question of negotiating a way back into France. So we have a, you know, a, a sort of a, a stalemate at the moment between the pro-independent side and the independent side, because the, there is no idea of where it could go from here. Uh, the gains that were made in this uh, decolonization process so far means, among other things, that the electoral rolls in New Caledonia are frozen. That is, voting rights are restricted to indigenous people and long-term residents. Now, the anti-independent side thinks that with the Nomia Accord having lapsed, with these three referendums over, these provisions should no longer be applicable, meaning that migrants of more recent times should be granted voting rights. The pro-independent side says that's no way acceptable, given that the numbers would be skewed in such a way that migrants plus long-term residents would then form a clear majority against indigenous people, who of course would then always remain in a minority. The other thing I was going to say is that with the, with the two sides so strongly opposed to each other, um, it seems this this clashing like something... Is there, is there a, a pressure release valve? Is there some compromise, some common ground that can be found in all of this? The record of the last 30 years has been that New Caledonians managed to sort things out peacefully. Uh, this decolonization process was launched in the late 1980s because there were tensions budding civil war and a way was found to negotiate an arrangement as the Martinu Accords first and then the Noumea Accord to defuse this independence question. Uh, it's been, it's like, you know, kicking the can down the road for 30 years, but at some stage, uh, you know, this, this square has to be circled. How this can be resolved is difficult to say. A suggestion that had been made 
by one of the pro-independence parties earlier on uh, is to create uh, an independent state associated with France, an arrangement similar to what we've seen in the Pacific well, elsewhere, for example, you know, Cook Islands, New Zealand, that there could be a, a, an accommodation where New Caledonia would have some sort of independence in association with France. That is possible compromise. Uh, the pro-independent side wants to have full sovereignty in general, and the anti-independent side wants to be reintegrated to France as much as possible, making sure that it stays within the framework. Uh, a compromise, I imagine, has to be found in some way or another if they want to avoid uh, clashes or, or, or uh, uh, open conflict again. Thank you.